0: That is good enough for me, but can we give God a praise? Can we give God a shout? Can we take a moment and let him know how much we appreciate him? It's, um, uh, while you're standing, please remain standing for a second. I won't have you up too much longer. You might get up later. If God speaks to you and you want to get up, do that. Um, You know, respond to whatever God is speaking to you. But I did want to take a moment before I jump in. Um, We just came out of October, which is Pastor Appreciation Month, and um, you guys have a gift. And Pastor Rodney and Shannon Fouts, let's take a moment and thank God for the gifts that God has given you. Um, I told them today, you know, last year I came for the first time. We became friends, but second time we're family now. You know, I told them like, like today, I was like, hey, so now it's like I come into the house. I don't have to ask, can I go in the refrigerator? I just go. Just go. We're just family, just family now. But um, I'm telling you, they, they are a gift. They're, they're better up close. Um, you know, I know everybody doesn't get to get up close, and, but I, I'm telling you, they're better up close. Uh, me and my wife have benefited um, from, from the friendship, uh, being a pastor, carrying the burdens of God's people um, and carrying the burdens that you carry in life. You have to have people that you can go to. And immediately your pastor said, hey, listen, I want you to have my number and I want you to call me whenever you need it. Um, and it's one thing to talk about it, but your pastor walked that out, and so in the moments where we struggle, and I can call somebody, your pastor is one of those, so everybody just point at your pastor, point at him right now, point at him right now, and I want you to begin right now to speak a word over their life so God will protect them, Um, God will cover them, God right now we thank you for Pastor Rodney, we thank you for Pastor Shannon, right now I ask that you would cover them, that you would protect them, that you're giving them new vision, you're giving them new dreams, you're giving them direction for the next season. Um, God, we cover their marriage, their family, uh, their unborn grandchild. God, right now, we just thank you for what you're doing in their life. We thank you for this gift, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everyone say amen, 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 amen. amen. Now, as he said, um, you know, my wife couldn't come with me, and, and I'm missing my wife. I preach better when she's in the room. Um, so at least I could see a picture of her before we get done. Let's show a picture of my beautiful wife. Yes, she is, she is, she is fine to me. Um, yes, that is good to me. Yes, she is. Thank God for her. Um, yes, I'm sorry. I got distracted. I got distracted. Uh, we've been married. It'll be 11 years in January. And uh, we have identical twin boys, Carson and Carter. I'll show you a picture of my boys. Uh, this is the... You know, this is the obligatory back-to-school pic. You know, it, you have to post it on Instagram. If it doesn't get posted, it didn't happen. Um, and, you know, like I said, we're family. Like, I was thinking about Crystal. I didn't see Crystal. There she goes. You know, we've, we already have an arranged marriage between her twin girls and my twin boys. We've already got that set up. Um, and then, hey, last picture I'll show you. I, I love my boys, but last picture I'll show you. Halloween yesterday. Odell Beckham Jr.'s here. You couldn't tell them nothing on Halloween. You could tell him anything. It, I wasn't fully committed with the hair. Wasn't fully committed with the hair. We went with the spray so we could just wash it out. Um, but I, I'm excited. I believe that God really has a word that he wants to speak to you. Um, the, the, the effectiveness of, of the, our time together um, isn't necessarily um, your response back. It's, it's really... It's really your level of expectation. If you're hungry, um, God will do something. If you're expectant, you know, I believe that God will speak. So I hope that you're leaning forward to whatever God would have to speak to you. It's a mystery that um, I could speak one message and every single one of you receive something specific that God wanted to say to you. It could only be God. And so I want you to lean forward and hear what God would have to say. And so um, we're going to read God's word. I just ask you to stand as we read God's word, and then I'll let you be seated. We're going to be at Mark chapter 11, uh, verses 1 through 10, 1 through 10. And you'll see it on the screen. It says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage in Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there. Just so you know, this colt is a donkey. It's the colt, a young donkey, um, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say to them, the Lord needs it, and he'll send it back to you shortly. They went and found the colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them, and the people let Um, the title of um, our sermon for tonight, our discussion, it's called Restricted Areas. Restricted Areas. Can we pray? Um, God, I come to you saying thank you. Um, thank you for an opportunity to communicate your word. I pray that, um, God, every word that you declare over your people will not return void. Um, God, I pray that people have walked in today and they may be in a season of restriction, um, God, and they, they, they need you more than ever. And so, God, speak to your people tonight. Remove me out of the way, God. Use me how you want to use me. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everyone say amen. 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 You can be seated. You can be seated. When the first time I I, I read this text, I was kind of confused because, you know, at the surface, you kind of can miss what what God actually tells or Jesus tells the disciples to do. And so when I read it the second time and the third time, it blew my mind at the conversation that Jesus has with these disciples. And you can miss it the first time when I went through it. So we're going to go back to it. Um, At verse 1, it says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany and Mount of Olives, Jesus said to the two disciples, Go to the village ahead of you. Just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden it. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say the Lord needs it and will send it back shortly. OK, just so you know, this donkey, this colt, um, it was used for transportation and the transport of goods. Essentially like a modern day SUV. Jesus told them to go down the street untie the donkey and bring it to me. And if anybody asks you about it, tell them I sent you and we'll send it back later. Jesus just told them to go steal a car. <laughs> I, 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 are you reading the same Bible I'm reading? I'm like, Jesus, I don't, this doesn't make any sense. Don't go pay for it, no, just untie it. You try, it. you try. It. After service tonight, I want you to go into the lobby and then I want you to go out into the parking lot. I want you to find the nicest SUV in the parking lot. It's brand new. The scripture said that it had never been rid. It's brand new. Zero miles on it. The keys are in the ignition. No, it's 2018. It's pushed to start. And it's ready to go. And, and I want you to go out. I want you to get in it and, and, and say, hey, Jesus told me to go and get it. If anybody asks you, just say, hey, Jesus told me to go and get it. I'm scratching my head. This doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. And then you get to verse, verse four. It happens just like he said. He says, they went and found a coat outside in the street, tied at a doorway, tied at a doorway. And as they untied it, people said, what are you doing untying that coat? They answered, just as Jesus told them to, and the people let them go. I thought this was interesting because I know in our lives, sometimes God will ask us to do some things that don't make any sense. He'll ask us to do some things that don't make any sense, that's uncomfortable. But what I want you to know is that I want somebody to know tonight that your release is on the other side of your obedience. As you can see in the text, immediately they let them go after they did what Jesus had told them to do. But it's easy for me to identify and try to identify with the disciples because the disciples were being obedient; they were doing exactly what Jesus said. But for some reason, when I'm reading this text, I started to identify with the donkey. But I don't—I don't know if it's maybe I was just watching Shrek, or or, or maybe the, you know the movie—the the movie The Star that came out last year, or you know, or maybe maybe my wife you know was talking about how I can be stubborn sometimes, but. Sitting here looking at this text, I, could, I was identifying with this donkey, looking at this donkey. Because this donkey was tied up. This donkey was tied up, restricted, right here in, the, in this area. And I'm trying to figure out, Yo, God, what, what do you want me to see with this donkey, with this coat? What do you want me to get from where we see this donkey is at? And what I realized is that the donkey was restricted. And, and I could spend a lot of time talking about the release. I can spend a lot of times because I know that God's people in this room, that you've seen God release you from some things. There's some people in this room that God's released you from addiction. There's people in this room that God's released you from depression. There's people in this room that if you think about, God released you from some things. But what I'm starting to realize is that sometimes the restriction is just as significant as the release. That sometimes the restriction is just as significant as the release. But the problem is we don't, we don't like being restricted. I know I don't. I know I do not like being restricted. I like doing what I want to do when I want to do it. I'm a grown man. I want to have it my way. That's, that's, you know, that's why dieting is tough, right? That's why dieting tough. You're telling me what I can and can't eat. And then you got this whole intermittent fasting thing, where you have to eat between these certain hours. So now you're telling me what I can and can't eat. Now you're telling me when I can and can't eat. We get frustrated with restriction. That's why budgeting's so tough. You know, because you, you work and then you're, I'm telling you, hey, you have to tell your money where to go. And you're like, no, I work hard. I should be able to spend my money how I want to. Well, hey, be broke if you want to. Be broke if you want to. But the thing is, it's this idea of restriction. And see, I have a, a deeper issue um, with restriction. It's a little bit more extreme. Um, not a lot of people know this, but I'm, I'm actually a bit claustrophobic. I'm a bit claustrophobic. And so, like, I can handle an, ale- uh, an elevator with a couple people. Um, it, that's fine if it's for a quick amount of time. Um, but ultimately, if something covers my face and I feel like I can't move, I might go crazy. Like, Like, thinking about it, the anxiety starts to come up. And I can remember... For some reason, when me and my wife were in the courting phase, um, I, uh, I, I didn't tell her about this. And I realize now that it was a miss that, that she didn't find out about me being claustrophobic. Um, because we were married for about two weeks, and um, we were sitting in our room, and I was sitting on the edge of the bed. And as I'm starting to sweat thinking about this moment. Um, she. Um, She comes behind me, she comes behind me, and takes a big blanket, covers me up, and wraps me up from behind. All I can remember is just shaking, shaking, and I threw my hands out, and I looked up. When I came to, she was on the other side of the room. And her eyes were like huge, looking at me like, what is wrong with you? And I'm breathing heavy. I'm like, babe, listen, don't ever, 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 don't ever do that again. I'm claustrophobic. And uh, as I thought about that, what Whitney was doing, she was being playful, right? Um, It was an act of love. What I realized, sometimes God will have you in a season of restriction, and it's an act of love. But so often, we we don't like being restricted, so we're so quick to resist it and to throw it off, and God is actually positioning you for what he wants to do in your life. But I get it. I get it. It's so hard sometimes being restricted. And so I, I thought about you know, really calling this sermon, the donkey in the doorway. That's what I, I thought about calling this sermon. Because if you look at the text at verse four, it says, they went and found a colt outside in the street tied in a doorway. So maybe, maybe you go up at the top, restricted areas, put up underneath it. This is the donkey in the doorway. Put that up. Tell your neighbor, say, you're the donkey in the doorway. You're the donkey in the doorway. The doorway, the donkey, and the doorway. Think about it. You see, the doorway, the, the, the doorway, the place between where you've been and where you want to go. You know, the place between the things that you've done, the things that you want to do. You know, does anybody ever feel like you're restricted to your past? Like you're restricted to your past. And see, when you see in this text at verse. At verse—let uh, me get to it. Let me get to it. At verse 5, it says, some people standing there ask, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered just as Jesus said, and the people let him go. And I was, it, I, I was struck by that because I was—how could they just let that donkey go like that? And it made me think maybe this donkey had kicked somebody in the past or something, and they were like, hey, I'm done with it. And I feel like sometimes in our life, that's how we do people. It, because it's something that happened in your past, and you feel like you're restricted your past, and then we actually— you know, kick them out because of it. We don't see the value in it because of the things that they've done in their past. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's silly things. Sometimes it's funny things that are in our past that we just can't get away from. I thought about not showing you this, but I love you guys so much that I'm going to show you this. Uh, when I, when I, I got into ministry, um, I came into ministry as a youth director. So I was in youth ministry. And uh, sometimes in youth ministry, you'll do some silly things to be able to love on the youth. Do I have any youth here, North students here tonight? Where are you at? Where are you at? And so your youth directors, your youth pastors, they love you. And sometimes they'll do some silly stuff because they love you. And so um, I was going to show you this video of something that they made me do as a youth director. Um, you, you guys have seen the Ellen show, right? Right. And you know how Ellen has this segment where she'll send you to a store and she says, hey, you have to do whatever I tell you to do. You have to say whatever I tell you to say. Well, they had the bright idea to send me to Walmart. And they said, hey, whatever I say you have to do, we're going to send you to Walmart. Do you want to see what they did to me? Okay, I I won't show it to you then. It's fine. You really want to see it? All right. Go ahead and check out the screens. Go and check out the screens. Okay, Chet, how are you feeling? Do you know what you're gonna be doing now? Yes, I do. I'm nervous. This is gonna be great, man. Yeah. You, just, you just have to do everything that we tell you. Okay. Brad, I trust you. Chet, you are now a Walmart greeter. What I need you to do is make up a Walmart jingle, singing it as loud as you can. Oh, Lord. Okay. Snap your fingers, get into it. <laughs> well, welcome to Walmart. <laughs> welcome to Walmart. Hey, welcome to Walmart. <laughs> Okay, loudest jingle you can. Welcome to Walmart. Welcome to Walmart. I need you dancing. I need you to break dancing. Welcome to Walmart. Jumping up and down. Welcome to Walmart. Trying out for, Try for a greeter. Yes, sir. Go <laughs> grab a loaf of bread that's in the buggy. Keep singing. Welcome to Walmart. Enjoy your day. <laughs> put, put the whole piece of bread in your mouth. Continue to sing. No. Shut up. Shut up. You know, um, what's funny, this was three years ago. This was three years ago, and I still have students coming up to me talking about some work on the Walmart. And I'm like, I'm going to punch you in your face if you don't stop. But that's, that's how it is. It's like, but it's funny, you know, when we, when we make light of it, you know, maybe, you know, you fall down some stairs or you trip or something like that, and people bring that up. Uh, but I had this, this, this idea. Hey, come here, come here, come here. You're going to be with me for a little bit. All right. Um, this is the youth pastor? Yes, sir. Christ, Christian? Yes, sir. Christian. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So, as I was thinking about it, I'm like, you know, sometimes it feels like you're restricted to your past. And, and like, you know, so this is what you're going to do. Um, you, your, your name is Christian, but for the rest of this little segment, you're Chet's past, okay? You're my past. My past doesn't look as good as you. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. So what's your name? Christian. Oh, no, 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 no. What's your name? Chet. Chet, 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 Chet. This is what you're going to do. you going to put your hand on my shoulder. All right, whatever I do, you you stay with me. Okay? Now, now, this is the thing. This is how it feels. Like this is how it feels. Like there's some things that you've done and and you try your best to to leave it behind you, but but for some reason, no matter how you try, it think like every time you turn around, it's right there. You know, and and and, and like so I can see this donkey, it's tied up and 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 it can't get away from the doorway. It can't get away from its past and and, and it's funny when, when it's stuff, but, but some of you, you went through a divorce, and it was five years ago. It was five years ago. It was five years ago, and you still are defined by that divorce. There, there, there's some of you, you, you've made some mistakes, and every time you look back, it's right there, and you keep trying and trying to get away from it, but you can't get away from it. You're restricted to your past, and, and God's trying to, and, and you're like, listen, please stay here. I'm trying to move forward, but you feel like you can't get away from your past. So I want you to do, I want you to stay right here. I'm gonna go up there and then I want you to run and catch me, stay right there. So some of you moved all the way to OKC to get away from your past. You move all the way to get from, come on, you move all the way to get there and then you're here and you're like, oh gosh, it feels so free. I thought I left you in Tulsa, how did you get here? You, you've been running for, and it's exhausting. And it's exhausting, and you walk through life, you come into church so uncomfortable because you're like, I wonder if they see my past. I wonder if they see it, I wonder if they know that it's there, and so you're, you're uncomfortable, you're trying to hold it together, hoping nobody sees it, but, but you know what I've realized is, is that's, the, that's the problem with a lot of churches sometimes is that, is that they make church feel like a restricted area. And they make it feel like when you come in that you shouldn't be here because you have a past. And so they come in, sit down right here, sit down right here, and you come in, you sit in your seat and you're so uncomfortable. You're so, so uncomfortable. You are so uncomfortable trying to like, I hope nobody sees it. I hope nobody sees it. I hope, I hope, you're uncomfortable. I hope that today, you're good, you're good. I hope that today, listen to me. I hope that today that you realize you're in a life-giving church. And so when you walked in today, we realized every single one of us have a past. And so I hope that when you walked in, you got a hug, you felt welcomed, and you knew that God loved you because we all have one. And we have a Savior in heaven that can redeem us from our past. But I but I, I, get it. I get it. I, I, I get it. Sometimes it feels like you can't get away from it. And, and I can see this donkey being so frustrated at the fact that felt like it was restricted to its past but i think what's even more frustration is not frustrating is not just that you're restricted from your past but that you're restricted from your future because it was in the doorway the place between your past and your future if you look at the text let's look at this next verse it says at verse 2 at verse 2 it says saying to them go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. It did not say that the donkey could not be ridden. It said it had never been ridden. The frustrating part with that is that you feel like you can't step into your future. There's more that you're capable of, but it's frustrating because it's like, I can do it, but I'm not allowed to in this season. I'm frustrated. I don't get that. It's so hard when it feels like restricted from your future. I wonder if this donkey tried to run, and then that rope joked him back. Like, if it tried to run and get away, but it joked him back. It made me think of, of, of one of our amazing volunteers at our church. His name's Um He was telling me about how, you know, he had did some time in prison and made some mistakes, and, 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 and everywhere that he, he went, his rap sheet followed him and he was just telling me how frustrated it was when he thought about the fact that I did my time and now I'm trying to do better. But now it feels like I'm being restricted from stepping into my future. Chet, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to get a job. I'm struggling to move forward. Can anybody identify with not being able to step into your future? It can be so frustrating when you feel like you're restricted from your future. Another thing that was interesting in the text to me at verse 4. It says they went out and found the colt outside in the street tied at a doorway. I think it would have been much easier if this donkey was tied up back by a barn. But this donkey was tied up outside in the street, meaning that this donkey could see every other donkey traveling past on the street being ridden, traveling past on the street carrying goods. It's so frustrating when you're in a place of movement and you're not going anywhere. You're looking around and everybody else seems to be stepping into the future. But why can't I? Oh, sh- she's getting married? For real? I mean, I cook, I clean, I have a job, and she's getting married? She- oh, oh, oh! They-, they bought a house? God, I thought by now I would be able to. I'm seeing everybody else have kids, but the doctor's telling me that I can't have one. God, why are you restricting me from stepping into my future? I, I just don't get it. I'm frustrated. And I could I could see how this donkey's sitting there in between. His past and his future frustrated. And I feel like I find myself there sometimes. But hey, I, I, I should have, I, I messed up. I didn't. I didn't explain how significant this text was. I apologize, but I'm going to make it right now, okay? All right, stay with me. Stay with me. Because what I, what I did was is I, I wanted to do some research on this text. Because it seems like it's just interesting text. Jesus telling them to go steal cars and stuff. I'm like, what is this? Let me understand it. I don't, I don't get it. And so I started to do some research. I started to dig a little bit to try to get a deeper understanding of what was going on in this text. And then I, 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 I realized that, that the timing of this was very significant. Because I want you guys to realize that Jesus only had three years to do his ministry, three years to get the gospel out. And there was a lot of things that he needed to do. There were these prophecies that he needed to fulfill, these things that needed to be accomplished so that people would realize and know who he really was. And so as I continue to dig, I found out in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, I want to read this prophecy to you. It says, Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion." Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly, riding on a... What was he riding on? Riding on a donkey on the colt, the foal of a donkey. Okay, so this was a prophecy that had to be fulfilled where people would know who Jesus really was. So you're telling me that this donkey that was tied in that doorway was the donkey that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords rode into Jerusalem on. Hold on. And so it wasn't necessarily that it was restricted to his past. It wasn't necessarily that it was restricted from his future. What I come to tell you is that it was restricted for his assignment, that God had strategically positioned this donkey to be used for the prophecy that had to be fulfilled. And so I understand right now, sometimes it seems like you're frustrated and you're angry because there's no movement, but this, this, this revival, it's called stretch. Tell your neighbor, stretch. What I realize sometimes about stretching is that I'm standing still. That, that it's, it's painful, I feel it, but I'm standing still. What if in this season, God has you in position? You're not going anywhere right now. He just has you positioned and you're feeling the stretch. And the only way you could get stretched in this season is if you were restricted. The only way that you would get stretched in this season is if you was restricted. And so this donkey, this donkey was the donkey that the king of kings, the Lord of lords, rode into Jerusalem on. He was restricted. He was tied up for this assignment. But because of our frustrations, a lot of times we'll try to untie ourselves. And try to go and do what we want to do because we're frustrated with being restricted. Yeah, and we'll try to get out. What I want you to know is, is that when you, try to, when you think you're running to freedom, you're running away from your assignment. Some of you today, you're trying to run away, but I want you to realize that you're not running to freedom. You're running away from your assignment. Another thing in that prophecy, it says that Jesus was coming as a lowly king. As a lowly king. A humble king, a king that you would be able to have access to, a king that you would be able to come up to, that you would be able to praise, a king that you would be able to interact with, that could radically change your life. And so a lot of times when we see a restricted area, we think that that's the space that we shouldn't be in. You know, if you go into a concert, and I don't know, maybe a Beyonce concert. Um, the area would be restricted. You couldn't go but so far. But Jesus came as a lowly king, riding on the foal of a donkey, so that you would realize that the restricted area isn't a roadside saying that you're not supposed to be here, but a sign saying that you're exactly where I want you to be. And so in this season, you might not be seeing the movement that you want to see. You feel like you can't get away from your past, and you hadn't quite stepped into the future that you want. God has you right where you're supposed to be. It made me think about the story with Paul and Silas. You see, Paul and Silas, they, they were spreading the gospel. And uh, they were traveling, spreading the gospel. And what happened was is people were mad about it. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't like spreading the gospel like you can post the Instagram post then and, and say, hey, I love Jesus. No, I wouldn't like that then. Um, they were going into territories where they would could be killed for talking about who Jesus was. And so Paul and Silas, they're, they're traveling, they're, they're spreading the gospel. But what happens is, is that they get caught and they get beat and they get thrown into prison. And they're shackled, literally restricted, shackled after being beat half to death. And in that night, they sat there and the scripture says they begin to sing praises to God, just like this little one, It's like this little one crying out to God in the middle of the night, it says at midnight singing praises to God. I wonder what they were singing. I wonder what was on their lips while they were sitting there tied up, restricted. Maybe in this season you would worship a little bit more. Maybe, maybe in this season you would lift up God even more, that you would seek him even more, because Paul and Silas, they're in this, they're shackled, they're tied up, and at midnight they're singing praises and worshiping God. And at midnight, let me tell you what happens. It says that there's this great earthquake, and the shackles were broken. Now, if I had just been beaten, if I I was shackled and tied up like this and I looked down the earthquake and I'm free now Shh, deuces I'm gone. I'm out the door see you guys later but what was interesting to me is is that they stayed there they stayed they didn't go anywhere they didn't move why why would you stay when the shackles have been broken Maybe because God is using this prison as a platform for him to get glory. Maybe this is a setup. Maybe they're not stuck, they're stationed. Maybe God is about to do something. And so they stayed there. And what happened blew my mind. You see, the guard, the guard was watching them and he saw that they were unshackled. And the scripture says that this guard thought about taking his life because what would happen to him if they found out that these, that these men got free, that Paul and Silas got free. And Paul and Silas, they look at him and they say, hey, hey, we're all here. Please don't go and harm yourself. We're all here. But what was interesting to me is what happened next. This is Acts chapter 16, verse 33. It says, at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household was baptized the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God he and his whole household was saved when they were in that prison it was a purpose for this jailer and his whole family to get saved so so, so why are you stuck in that same position Maybe there's somebody in your area that's sitting next to you in that department. Maybe God has you stationed there so that their life could change. Why, why am I still struggling in this season with my kids and I can't figure out how to get through it? Maybe God is trying to show you something and reveal something to you. You're not stuck. You're stationed. You were restricted for your assignment. And so I would love everybody to stand on your feet. Because I understand that it's hard when you're sitting in that prison and and, and you have these scars, you have these bruises, the pain of not being able to step into what you thought you would. But I, I come to tell someone, that God will redeem the pain of your restraints. God will redeem the pain of your restraints. The, in this season, it's not for nothing. God has you right where He wants you to be. He's not surprised. And as I thought about this restricted area, you know, Jesus gave us a picture. A picture of what it looked like to be restricted. You see, because you know, Jesus went to a cross and, and his his feet was restricted to the cross. And his, his his arms were restricted to the cross. He was tied up, nailed, and was restricted, couldn't move. And when he died, his diet, he 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 died because his lungs collapsed, his breath was restricted. You see, Jesus was in this restricted area and the whole time he had your face in front of him, his assignment. He knew that he had to be restricted for you and that the only way that you could be free, the only way you could step into what he's called you to is if he stayed. So I want to take a moment And give you an opportunity to respond. If everybody would bow your head and close your eyes. Some of you today, this is an opportunity for you to be free. To be free from sin. To be free from shame. And for you to realize that the the season that you've been in was leading to a moment like this that you could realize that God loves you. He died for you. And so we're gonna say a prayer together to give you an opportunity to respond to what God is already speaking into your heart. No, it's it's been hard, but God loves you. And so we're gonna say a prayer together for the benefit of those coming to Christ maybe for the first time Or maybe for some of you to come back to God, you walked away from it because you were restricted. The pain got too much. But in this atmosphere, you realize God is in control. He's the supreme authority. And so with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, everyone repeat after me, say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that he died on a cross and rose from the grave to forgive me of my sins. So I give you my sins. I give you my shame. And I'll follow you for the rest of my days. Now with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to respond. If you just made a decision to put your faith in Jesus or you're coming back to him, I'm going to count to three and all I want you to do is shoot your hand up. Don't hesitate. God sees you. He ordained this moment. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up. I see you. Shoot your hand up. Shoot your hand up. Come on, church. I need you to celebrate what God is doing. I see people making decisions all over this place to put their faith in Jesus. Come on, church. Give God a great shout of praise. Heaven's rejoicing. Angels are shouting because people are coming to know him.